0: Of our Lord in the Gospel. This is the, the text for today's sermon, the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand he called them immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him and he went throughout all galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people so his fame spread throughout all syria and they brought him all the sick and all those aff- afflicted with various diseases and pains those oppressed by demons those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, and the the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated.
1: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for this morning's message is basically the gospel lesson that Pastor Sam read just a few moments ago, but you know me. I like to pull it in from all over. So we're going to start this morning with this. Within this worship theme we have during this background of epiphany, it is called Worship the King, I really want to stop for a moment and draw together those themes that we have had over the last three weeks. For it will help us as we go forward today. Now the first week we saw that the wise men from the east were actually moved by God as they came to behold the new king, the revealed king. This revealed King is the Messiah, and this is good news. It was a very proclamation that the Lord has kept His promise. We then, the next week, witnessed the baptism of Jesus, where the Father and the Holy Spirit revealed Jesus as the Son of God, the Anointed One. And then we paused and we looked long and hard at our own baptisms and how Jesus and God Himself has united us to Jesus in our baptism, bringing us the forgiveness of sins and faith and new life and a promised resurrection just like Jesus. After all, life after the resurrection is the goal of this life. And last week we heard John the Baptizer reveal that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It was his testimony about the baptism of Jesus and his proclamation as to his mission that leads two disciples to Jesus. And today the focus is on the proclamation of the kingdom. The kingdom that is here now. And it all begins with repentance. Isn't that your favorite subject? You're allowed to giggle a little. Okay. Now repentance is a hallmark of our worship here because every service starts with repentance and absolution. This makes our worship kind of a reset, a new beginning. But you know, sometimes we tend to get stuck in the beginning. We get stuck in that mode of repentance and forget to follow through by following Jesus. So let's dive a little deeper and see if we can get unstuck today. Now the Apostle Matthew sets the scene for us regarding the light versus darkness as he reveals that the prophet Isaiah foretold that the Messiah would come to this region known as Ebulon and Naphtali. Those are two tribes of Israel, and their land was located in the northern part of Israel, with Naphtali bordering the northern side of the Sea of Galilee. And there lies Capernaum, the city where Jesus makes the home base for his ministry. You know, one would think that Jerusalem would be the home base for the Messiah, right? But Matthew tells us that John the Baptizer has been arrested. Apparently, evil is having its way, and the tension in Jerusalem is probably making it possible that Jesus' death would be hastened before its appointed time. So, God uses evil. To fulfill the prophecy that the great light will come to the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. So Capernaum, it is. Now, Of course, the great light is Jesus. And as Jesus starts his ministry, he calls people to repent. Even as he proclaims that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now that is two foci in one sentence, so we're going to have to handle them both. The first is repentance. Now I'm sure you've heard many times that repentance means to turn around, but in the context today, it is actually a radical change, not only of your heart, but of your mind and your behavior. One cannot repent. Without faith. For Scripture teaches that no one can please God without faith. And what do we know about faith? Well, we know that faith is a gift from God. It's not something you generate. It is brought to you by the work of God's Word and His Holy Spirit. And what comes by faith but God's abundant grace? For Paul writes, for my grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. We use the very word of Scripture at the beginning of the service to remind ourselves that we are called to a life of repentance As the Apostle John writes, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Thus, repentance is a visible sign of your faith in Jesus. It is evidence that light has broken through into the darkness as Jesus reaches down in your repentance and plucks you away into His marvelous light. Moving from darkness to light darkness is probably something all of us are very familiar with. After all, I'm sure if you're anything like me, you have stubbed a toe or bumped a knee on a bed frame in the dark. That's something that really wouldn't normally happen in the light, although I've done it too. But darkness comes in many forms. In our New Testament lesson today, Paul is appealing to the church to remove the divisions among you. The division of which Paul speaks is actually a physical division that is wrought by a disagreement that is ongoing. In such divisions, 999 times out of a thousand, both sides have said and done things that require repentance in order to heal the division. But why do these divisions happen? Well, Satan is working, trying to bring all sorts of pressures into our life that cause us to redefine different things as sacred. And when that happens, we build up a hill on which we are willing to die in order to protect them. It doesn't matter if your sacred hill is money, hymnody in the church, or even politics. If your sacred hill is not Jesus, then you need to repent. Repent. For unity only comes in repentance. This is why Paul calls the church to repentance by reminding them of the word of the cross. And the word of the cross is this, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus Law and gospel. All who believe in Jesus should recognize that all of us fall short of the glory of God, me included. You too. We need Jesus, and it is Jesus alone who provides our redemption. The divisions that we have with one another are a product of our sin. So if you see a division, look for your sin. The only way forward to reconciliation is through repentance because repentance is that expression of faith that acknowledges that it is Jesus who reaches down and pulls us out of the darkness into His marvelous light. It is Jesus who brings us into new life. Now this has been a quick overview of repentance, and it is my hope that it helps you to uncover something that may lie hidden before your eyes this morning, something that was right there and you couldn't see it. And if that is the case, well, praise God, and if not, I encourage you to look for that sacred hill and double-check to make sure that it is Jesus' birth, life, death, resurrection, and his promised coming again. For life eternal face to face with a living God forever is the goal. It is the will of God. And if it is the will of God, it should be yours as well. Now the second focus is the revealing of the kingdom of God. And it is contained in Jesus' simple and straightforward message. The kingdom of God is at hand. Folks, this is a joyous proclamation. Our English language doesn't do the text justice. Jesus is saying something incredible. He is saying God's kingdom is here now. The one who stands before you is the one who brings God's kingdom. He is the one who heals your divisions. He is the one who makes eternal life with God possible. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He is our living sacrifice. The one who is going to die on Calvary's hill so that we do not have to. He is the one who is present and before you today in his word and sacrament. Wow. Two weeks ago, we looked at the revelation that came to us in our baptism. We were united to the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That death that was unblemished. The required payment for our sins. And today, he unites us to himself in this meal. Pastor Arp said today that worship is boring unless something supernatural Is happening so what does this all mean it means that it's the same for all of us entrance into the kingdom of God only comes with and through repentance it's why Luther's first thesis was when our Lord and master Jesus Christ said repent and he was quoting our text today Christ will the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. Access to the kingdom of God is God's grace in action through faith. A faith that brings repentance as its first fruit. And it is so easy to just stop there. After all, we come and we confess our sins every week. We're used to that. We were used to receiving absolution according to Jesus' command every week. And as I mentioned earlier, it makes it easy to get stuck. But if you're stuck at the starting line, you never finish the race. So how do we overcome being stuck in repentance and never moving forward in mission? By understanding that repentance means that it is now time to live the new life you've been given. The Apostle Peter describes this new life this way. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim The excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now today Matthew describes this call as following Jesus and allowing him to make you a fisher of men. For Jesus' call comes with the promise that he will equip you to do the work of your calling So in your repentance and absolution, you have been forgiven and you have received your call. And what is your response? I ask you because this text is not just about the apostles. This is about the response of every believer in Jesus. And the text here emphasizes the immediate nature of following Jesus. So I ask you, what is your response? Now that question can bring us some pause, can't it? (laughs) But consider this. No one becomes Jesus' disciple by his own initiative. God's Word and Holy Spirit must enter in and bring you to repentance to make way for God's mercy to be received. Only then can we hear the assuring words of Jesus that He will be the one who molds us into disciples that produce fruit and respond with no fear. After all, our psalm today starts with this confident truth. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Here's what I want you to take away today. Repentance is a command. It is an invitation. And it is a call. And it is all wrapped in God's grace. Repentance is the command of God, for we are called to be holy as he is holy. For the Apostle Peter writes, As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. And if you've looked in the mirror lately, and I did this morning, you know that you don't always act holy. So repentance is required. For Peter also said, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. And with your repentance comes that invitation to allow Jesus to mold you for the work of discipleship for which he has called you. After all, Jesus said, I will, I will make you fishers of men. Weekly we hear that opportunity as we repent. We hear the opportunity and invitation for renewal and the promised growth of faith as you follow Christ to be a fisher of men. Which means that in repentance you also have a call. For in faith you are called to be a new member of this family of God that has a purpose. Jesus doesn't just let you sit and veg in his grace. No. You're the member of a family. You're a member of this new body in Christ Jesus. You have talents and skills that the body needs to accomplish its purpose. And that is the proclamation of Jesus as Savior and Lord for the one who has called you out of darkness and brought you into his marvelous light. And all of it, it's wrapped in his grace. For Remember, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is... The gift of God. Not a result of work so that no one may boast. Wow. Repentance and absolution. New life. An invitation to follow Jesus. A command to be about his work. A call. We all look for purpose the purpose is given and it all leads to this new life we have been describing over the past months a life of freedom a life of joy a life of sacrifice and a life of renewal and it is all brought by faith alone, in Christ alone, by his grace alone. (laughs) Thanks be to God. Amen. Now the peace that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.